the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show. This is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Co. Paris. And I want to thank all of our listeners for their continued support just by listening to the show. We're having great guests on the show, telling some inspirational stories, uh, really getting stuff out there. Uh, and we're getting a lot of great feedback. We're increasing syndication. A lot of beautiful things are happening. Uh, I need to say this. Um, and I mean, my heart goes out to uh, Patrick Swayze's family. Uh, he lost his battle uh, with cancer at, at a young age of 57. I think it's uh, horrible. It's a horrible, horrible disease. Um, I hope that at some point in our lifetime that they will find a cure for this so that it can stop taking good people away from us because that's what happens. This happened in my life. It happens. Uh, to, it happens, and, it, and it's a horrible thing, and, it, and it's sad. Uh, but, you know, uh, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze, great actor. He's contributed a lot to uh, the Hollywood community. Um, and he will be missed. And in just a little while, we're going to have um, a great guest on the show. And uh, I know initially, um, a little uh, setback. It was just uh, a horrible thing to hear uh, the, the the passing of Patrick Swayze. Um, but we uh, we have a great guest coming on the show. He is a fantastic actor, superb, and people may know him. From uh, shows like Seinfeld, uh, Mission Impossible, Babylon 5. Uh, he's done a lot of great projects, especially recently. Um, I guess a lot of people will know him from uh, Smallville. So, uh, but before we, before we uh, bring him on the line, I need to let our... Um, to let our listeners know of something, there's a movie that's going to be released on September 18th uh, in Atlanta. Actually, it's going to be on on a national scale, but in Atlanta, on the outskirts of Atlanta, on the 17th, before the um, I guess before the theatrical release, they are having a red carpet uh, event, and the name of the movie is uh, Lynch Mob. is made by uh, by Scott and uh, Rachel Stamper, great people. Actually, the whole cast is great. Uh, you'll have the whole cast and crew there, a meet and greet, photo ops. You have um, Tony Darrow from The Sopranos and Goodfellas that are there. Keith Sweat's going to be there. You have a lot of good people. Uh, these are people that put a lot of effort into making their movie, and they put their their livelihood and their lives, as they know it, on the line for the movie, and the Carmike Cinemas picked it up. So you'll see it on the theaters on the big screen so it's awesome and trust me you will not be disappointed with uh, with the movie uh, it's called lynch mob you can go to lynchmobmovie.com to find out more uh, but go support them go uh, take pictures you have a photo op meet and greet so on and so forth trust me in a year you probably won't be able to get near uh, some of the people that are going to be that that were in this movie so take the opportunity uh, I have to give our listeners some information you can actually call us with your questions and comments. Uh, you know, you you'll know who the guests are on the show. Just go to ucwmagazine.com, and the whole lineup is there. Just call three two three nine five two four three six nine, 
and you can leave a question or a comment. If we're live, you're live, but you can leave your questions and comments there. And if they're interesting enough, trust me, we'll bring them on the show. And also, the UCW Radio Show has opened up the doors to sponsorship partnerships. So marketers, advertisers that want to link up with the UCW Radio Show, I will tell you that no better time uh, to do that than the present as we are increasing syndication and just this morning uh, it was announced and I'm not uh, leaking out any information it was announced that the UCW radio show is go is the official host of the ultimate body radio show that is connected with the ultimate body which is a is a, a reality show it's a competition reality show that should be aired nationally uh, on October 17th. They have their, um, I guess, their final audition, and then the show is going to go into production. It's uh, the grand prize is 50 grand. Okay, you can't beat that. Uh, not a bad deal. Uh, so you can go to to the Ultimate Body TV Show com to find out more. Uh, but October 17th is it. But again, you know, then if you can't make it this year, you can make it next year. But you know what? You want to be the first because you can only do this for the first time one time. And then people, uh, then you can be a reality show star. How do you like that? And then you'll be bouncing around and doing interviews and, and you'll be the one that you may just be on this show. So just go check it out. Um, and if you're on Twitter, you can shoot me out some questions on Twitter questions, comments, whatever you want to do. Uh, my Twitter name is Luis Velasquez. That's L-O-U-I-S-V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. -E -E Follow me and ask away. Now, without further ado, let's patch in probably one of the, the most underrated actors that, I, um, that, that I've seen. He, has, he played Jackie Childs in Seinfeld. He was in Mission Impossible. He was Smallville. He saved Superman. Da, 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 da. Okay, but he is also a man that, um, well, he's a man of high integrity. And you'll see uh, during this show how that plays in. On his, and you're just going to you're just going to find out for yourself. But anyway, I'm speaking too much. I think, uh, you know, he's waiting on the line right now. So let's bring him on. Here is the the great. Phil Morris. Phil, it's great to have you on the UCW show. It's a great honor and pleasure to have you here. I want to thank you uh, for being with us this afternoon. I appreciate your interest, Lou, and uh, it's always nice to talk to a, a fellow brother in arms, as it were. <laughs> oh, th thank you so much. You know, and, and you above most, uh, even though everyone's time is, and we appreciate everyone's time uh, that they take out for the show. Uh, you are, uh, I'm going to say, a workaholic when it comes to Hollywood. Yeah, you, um, you know, I, I, as I've said to you before, I think that as an actor especially, there's so little control that we have in our in our particular chosen profession that uh, the only control that we do have is our own output and our own integrity. So I try and stay as, as busy as I can because it, I love it. I feel very fortunate that I do in my life that which I, I love to do the most, acting, whether it's comedy, drama, theater, television, film, whatever. Uh, as long as the project the project is good and it has a great deal of integrity, man, I'm I'm kind of your man. So uh, work begets work in my book. Yeah, but that that's a good attitude to have. Where you know a lot of people are afraid to go and uh, work hard for what they want, but you have to. What you put in is what you get out, and that's what it comes down to. 
You know, like you can you get a whole bunch of sayings, reap what you sow, this, that, you know, which but basically what you do, what you put in is what you get out. And you know, look, what what can I say that hasn't been said about you? I'm talking about the good stuff, not the bad stuff. But what what can I say that has been said about you? You you've been a mainstay in, in in the world of entertainment for a long time, well over 30 years. Um, some of your most recognizable roles have been that people that our listeners would be familiar with right off the bat: Seinfeld, Babylon 5, Star Trek, Smallville, Mission Impossible, uh, and those are the ones that come to mind for me. Now, as opposed to me going through your resume and and going through the whole thing, because you and I would be on the phone until I don't know Friday, and I really, I mean, we'll both pass out, and your wife will get mad. It'd be a big problem, I think. You know, so so we don't want to do that. But so if it's okay with you, I'd like to to start by uh, going to the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how did you get involved in the entertainment business? Uh, well, you know, I don't know if people are familiar with uh, the original show, Mission Impossible, not the Tom Cruise movie, but the original show that started in 1966 and ran through 1973. I am, and I'm uh, dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, my father, Greg Morris, starred in that show uh, early on and was one of the first African Americans to play a role that had great integrity and was an integral role, uh, integral part of this incredible team. You know, the Mission Impossible team, the show was a legendary show groundbreaking at the time, very intelligent, highly suspenseful, used so many elements uh, that were not being used in television at the time. Great music, great score by Lalo Schifrin, just, you know, seminal stuff for TV, and my father was one of the stars early on. And growing up in that world as a, as a young man, um, it was very attractive, obviously, to me. You know, I mean, I, I was at the set quite a bit, and, and I liken it to growing up at Disneyland. You know, because right across the breezeway was Star Trek. They were, their, their set was right there. You know, My Three Sons was shooting there. Bonanza was shooting there. Uh, Mannix was shooting right across the breezeway again. So, I mean, to grow up in a, at a time like that with a guy like my dad obviously had a great effect on me and um, kind of you know, I gravitated towards that, that part of uh, the industry. Now, there's no guarantee that you can have any talent, mm-hmm. you know, just because your pop or your mom was was rocking the house so i mean i went to class and and i went to i started in the theater and um that's kind of how i got my start you know just like 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 most people you know even even though i was brought up in this game again there was no guarantee that i had the chop so uh, i had to go try to figure all that out you know, uh, that's the work well i'm glad you said that because you know a lot of people think well you know your, your father your mother they're they're singers they're entertainers and by default it's an easy road in but there's no easy road. No, this is a tough road. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And uh, even if you're gifted parts or you're gifted opportunity, those studio execs and those network executives are not the final say. The audience is. Right. And, and when the audience sees that you got the goods, they laugh with you. They cry with you. You move them to a degree. Then it really doesn't matter where you come from. Whether you come from nowhere or you come from everywhere, right? Uh, because you've made that connection, and, and the truth is the truth. But that's what it is: is, is knowing how to connect with uh, the, with your audience. And if you know how to do that, you know, then you, that's half the battle, right there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know your. I mean, basically, know thyself. Yeah, you know, I mean, I went to uh, see a play. I, I actually it was a Christmas Carol. Uh, I went to go see uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, mm. 
perform. And it was interesting because I said, I said, wow, it says <laughs> Christopher Walken's going to be uh, Scrooge. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. so, so I walked in. Yeah, well, he, he scared me. And I'm going to tell you why. I walked in late, and I was the only person who walked in late, but there was traffic. I can't help it. He shot me a dirty look, and I sat down quiet as a mouse, but his performance was engaging because it's like, you know, he had the audience in his in his hands. Right. right. Yeah, and I thought that was amazing, and that, that that's the effect that, that you have. And, I mean, you've done that uh, time and time again. I had to just throw my little personal thing in there just so that people know that I can relate to stuff. I try anyway. <laughs> yeah, you, you recognize it. Well, you know, yeah. my, my theory is always that you, you don't have to be a trained artist to appreciate art. Right. Uh, great art, or good, even good art, speaks to those that are not artists. You know, yeah. if, if I'm only funny to comedians or to comic actors, then I'm limited in my scope. Right. So everybody has to have a certain appreciation for that. They don't need to know how to paint to right. appreciate the painting. But that you know what you you couldn't have said it any better. You know, you know, because if you uh, appeal to the masses, then your audience is vast, wide, and and just out there. And that's what you want as as an as an actor or as an I mean actor artist. This you, you're you're expressing yourself, right and, right? and it's all in the same realm. So if you well, can, I mean, you know, it's like we're talking about Seinfeld. You know, right. um, Seinfeld is a very popular show. Obviously, mm -hmm. one of the most popular shows in the history of television. Right. And going into audition for Seinfeld is a daunting task. Um, so you can't think about that. You mm -hmm. can't think about the masses. The popularity of the show and appealing to you have to commit to my job is this character named Jackie Child. Mm -hmm. Who is he? What makes him tick? What does he wear? How does he smell? What does he look like? What is it? And all of that, when I'm specific about that, and then you throw it, wham, into the mix that was Seinfeld, mm -hmm. it's a fortunate thing because that's a, that's a huge platform. Yes. Um, then you have the popular uh, vote, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you can go after that. You have to go after your task, mm -hmm. which is the character. Yeah. And then well, if your character is good, then people get it, whether they know why they get it or they don't get it. You know what I mean? Right. But you're 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 becoming Jackie Childs. You're you you know what your job is, and that that's an important thing because I see too many times, and 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 Hollywood or theater. I mean, sometimes in theater, but sometimes people try to overdo it. They, they try to overact, you know, it happens. You try to do too much, or you're a singer, you try to oversing, you know, you do too much as opposed to doing what you're meant to do. Right. right you're right. you're meant to walk across the street, you walk across the street, that's your job, man, goodbye. You know, that's it, right. you do it. You know, but, and see, I want our listeners to, to really uh, grab what you're saying, because you said that you had to go audition for Seinfeld. It wasn't a given to you. No, 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 they, you know. And, and quite frankly, no one was was, commit, was was convinced that I I was funny. I mean, I hadn't really proven myself in that regard. I'd done a lot of dramatic stuff and had been a straight man in a lot of comedies, but I had never been the funny, mm -hmm. you know, even though I thought I was a funny guy in real life. You know, I guess my friends thought I was funny. I just was never, I took this acting thing so seriously that um, I was finding significance uh, so much. I was so much looking for that significance right. that uh, I was missing the funny. And when I went to read for Jackie, I kind of just gave it all away mm -hmm. and just was like, I don't, it's not even about who, what funny is, it's about who this guy is. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I committed to that guy, then I found the funny. Uh, it was very, very interesting. So on a hot Saturday afternoon, I went over with five or six other African-American actors and all in our suits and uh, went over to CBS Radford in the Valley and auditioned for Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld and 
I was the lucky guy who got the part. And, and that's, I mean, that that's amazing to me because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, people think, well, your father was Greg Morris, he did all this stuff, people in Hollywood knew who you were, it should be easy for uh, Phil Morris to go get a gig. But no. nothing's given to you, and I and I and I'm glad that we touched on that because you know, people think that it's just a given. It's just a given that oh, okay, you're gonna get a role here, there, this, that, you know. But you worked hard. You work hard for what you get. Yeah, you really do. And uh, there's a lot of talented people out here, like I said, and, uh, from all walks of life and all corners of the globe. So just because I have the, the the history that I have, good for me, you know. Yeah, makes me an interesting guy at parties, but. Uh, when it comes to my profession, these people are putting down serious do-re-mi, yep. and they want to make sure that their return <laughs> is something more than a brother with a birth certificate from the dude who was in Mission Impossible in the 60s. <laughs> you know what I mean? so, hey, man, it's business all over the world. That's what they want. They want the bottom line to be covered. Yeah, that's when it, it comes. That's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, the producers, the show, whoever's putting up, forking up the money, money, the investors, they want to know. Okay, this is not going to be uh, a piece of crap when it's all said and done. They want to make sure that this is going to be uh, a product that will go out and generate some capital so they can recoup on their investment. And that's it. Bottom line. That's it. I mean, and, and you know, we're fortunate in my business, you know, as I tell you, Lou, and like I started the, the, the interview, mm -hmm. um, I'm fortunate because I, I, I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, can, I can bear up with the, under the strain of the business part of it because what I end up doing, I mean, what's my job? You know, if I'm doing a comedy, I've been doing a lot of comedic movies lately, it's to be funny. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's to make this guy interesting, imminently watchable, and at the end of the day, funny. Right. And uh, it's to make you feel something. It's a very, I feel very fortunate uh, that that is my job. You know, I'm right. sitting in front of a computer as I'm talking to you. I'm writing a, uh, a web series, and, and my job today is to try to figure out how to make this cool, and awesome, and hip, and mm -hmm. good, you know, I feel fortunate that that's my job every day. So, yeah, it allows you to be creative. Mm, and, and I'll work hard, because yeah. I love it. You know, yeah. I'll bust my butt, because yeah. I love it. It's very hard to bust your butt if you're just getting through it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally know what you mean. I speak about this with people all the time, uh, especially successful people. I don't care what line of business you're in, and everyone has, and I say this to everyone, everyone has the same thing in common, and you're no different. And that's what, this is why I bring it up, that if you you can work hard, working hard, working hard, if you love what you do, it's less work and more satisfaction for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and then you have an appreciation for what you're doing, but you love what you do, so you're going to work harder at it. At the end of the day, especially with what you do, all that's happening, and the masses, uh, fans, your fans, everyone, are gonna, they, they're going to appreciate it because you're putting out a better product. And, right. and when you do that, your value goes up, and that's what happens. You know, if your your product is is nothing, you know, nothing happens. Uh, and I was talking to a a concert producer earlier, and she told me uh, Tony Bennett, when he used to perform all the time, he was I think he was getting like eighty grand to go uh, do a concert. And but he's he's good at what he does. But now that he does them so infrequently, even at eighty years old, he commands over two hundred grand. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but but he he puts on a great show. So yeah, well, they know that's why they're paying them. That's I mean, what it is. So then your value goes up. Yeah, because you, you know it's real funny. We, we talk about this integrity thing, and, mm -hmm. and you know the martial arts are very very laden with that, and sometimes not so much. But right. um, <laughs> you hope that that uh, you know that uh, the world of martial arts has 
a great deal of integrity to teach from the teachers, the students, the masters, grandmasters, all that. Right. Um, I played a lot of basketball as a, as a kid and, and uh, just killing guys outside with my jump shot and stuff. I remember mm-hmm. playing a guy over here near my house and just beat him up. And um, he's like, man, well, you playing in your backyard, dude. That's why you're so good because this is your home court and stuff, you know. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I was like, dude, you see this spot I've been killing you from all day? He's like, yeah. I take this spot with me every playground, every gym, every field, everywhere I go, this spot goes with me. Right. It doesn't matter that it's here at my home court because it ain't the spot, dog. It's me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the one with integrity. I take that integrity from this gym to that gym, from this movie set or that TV set to this TV set to that. That's why it doesn't matter to me how much money is in the budget. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me what stars are in the piece. Mm-hmm. It matters to me the integrity of the piece. Right. It matters to me my output. Who, how am I living? You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I've been on big movies where I've gotten very little spiritual nutrition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's been a drag. I've been on really, really small films that have given me so much spiritual um, satisfaction. I've made lifelong friends. You just never know. That, that you never know with stuff like that. That's why you know, just touching on you know, on the Hollywood thing because that's that's your life. You know, you can go and I've you know, you you see independent films. People do it. They don't get paid much money. I, I speak to a lot of actors, actresses, uh, uh, directors. I was talking to a director, uh, actually a, a producer the other day. She has a film coming out, and it's going to be in theaters. Uh, what on Thursday? You know, she invited me to the red carpet, but I just can't make it. But the the the, the bottom line is. The, the budget wasn't huge, but you had uh, the, Tony Darrow from The Sopranos, a few other guys from The Sopranos. They got involved in a project, and they were doing stuff for SAG minimum. Because yeah, they, they, yeah, you know, it's, that's that's the game right now too. Because there there aren't a lot of major blockbuster films that are being made that a lot of people like of my ilk of the like kind of less than top level Brad Pitt uh, actor mm-hmm. are are able to be involved with. So there's a lot more. Films and projects that fall below that radar. Right. I have a film coming out October 16th. As a matter of fact, you love this segue? Yeah, called, I, I love it. <laughs> called Black Dynamite, okay. which is exactly what you're talking about, Lou. It's a film, Michael Jai White. Michael Jai White, uh, who I met at Alan Goldberg's event in Atlantic City. Right, we're going to be there um, in January. Yes, uh, right. there every year. Yeah. Love that place. It's my oh. family. Yeah, but, um, no doubt about it. But we'll talk about that in a, in a minute, my, my buddy Alan. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I met Michael Jai at, at the tournament at this uh, event, and he showed me this this um, trailer mm-hmm. to a movie that he wanted to do, and he hit me with a line that I hear every week. Dude, I got a part in a movie. I got this movie. I got a part for you. I got a boom, boom, boom. I'm like, yeah, Mike, great, great. And uh, sure enough, a year later, I get a call from my agent saying, you got a job. I'm like, what? Like, oh, this movie, Black Dynamite. I was like, what? Hmm. He's like, yeah, Michael Jack White, they called, they working boom, 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 playing boom, boom, boom. I'm like, wow. So this movie, they got together based on this trailer that Michael shot. Michael Jai White wrote it with a man named Byron Minns and the director Scott Sanders. Okay. Long, long story short, we shot this thing. We had the best time shooting it, one of the best times I've ever had. We made very little money on this picture. Mm-hmm. Everybody did it because we love Michael. We love this project. We all had some fun. We all knew each other. A bunch of crazy comedians doing this project as well. The show was sent to Sundance. They they premiered it at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Sony Pictures picked it up. 
Nice. They put all kind of money behind it. They're releasing it October 16th. They're going to blow this thing sky high, and we did it for nothing nice. but love. Nice. That You know what? I, I, I'm clapping my hands right now because I love stories like that. You know, and, and Michael, he's a nice guy. You know, I mean. And, great guy. He deserves it. Yeah, and without a doubt. That, that's the thing. I think he came to New York uh, not too long ago. Alan was telling me he came to New York to do something with that film. Um, you know, Sony picked it up. Like, that's awesome. That, that's awesome. Not only for him, for the director, the producer, the actors involved, every down to, to the grafter. It doesn't matter. Everybody. That's what I'm saying. You never know. Yeah. You, you never know. If good people come to you with opportunities, reach out and assist them with it because it's going to come right back to you. Without a doubt, and you know, and that, and that, that's what you know. You taking pride in what you do shows not only the type of person you are, because I, I know that's I know how you are, and I know the type of person you are. But you, you take, you also hold a lot of respect for the industry that you're in. Okay, and too too often, I don't care whether you're an actor, whether you're a singer. You know, a lot of people take for granted that hey, you got some fame. You're lucky to have that fame. Yes, sir. Okay, you're lucky to be able to make money and go and do stuff. Now, if you're a flash in a pan, okay, then you go do your thing. You're not going to be here in 10 years. Right. You'll be working at McDonald's or doing whatever you're going to do. If you made money, you saved it, then God bless you. You know, but then you'll be you'll you'll have a hunger to go back in the business, and a lot of people fall on their face. You know, how many big stars were big 20 years ago, and today they can't even get a job? It happens. It happens, but you know, but the way you you carry yourself and everything that that you're doing for yourself and for the the industry is, is fantastic. And to have a movie, uh, for you guys to work on a movie, um, and for it to to have such a low budget, and you guys put something together, and you guys put your heart into it because that this is what you do best. And for it to get picked up by a major, and you're gonna get the distribution and everything is beautiful. Is beautiful. Oh, the dream come true. We live the dream. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. But and uh, the only thing that would have been better is if I was one of the producers, because then I get some of his money. You know what I mean? But yeah, anyway, yeah, but uh, it's just it's just one of those things that that you, you um you strive for, and you just can't always control it. That's why I work so on so many different projects. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I worked with a guy one time. I was like, "What are you doing on this movie? He's kind of a big star, a bigger star than I was, a bigger actor than I was, and he's mm -hmm. working on this like nothing movie." And he tells me, "Phil, I just don't know." Who I'm going to run into, who the person's going to be that's going to be that that key to my life. I don't know where I'm going to meet him, mm -hmm. so I just expose myself to all these different experiences. So far as it doesn't, you know, interfere with my my life and mm -hmm. it doesn't embarrass me as an artist. And then I meet people like you, or the the, the director of photography, or the sound guy, or the boom. Since this actor has become a director, he sees all those people. Uh, he sees them all. But that happens. That that's why, you know, and, and it's funny. How some people, and, and, and I hate, and I, hate is a bad word, but I really dislike when people pass judgment on people, not knowing them. And I, and I, I say this, I said this a few times on the show, that you, sometimes uh, you'll read about something. Let's say you read about something about you. Phil Morris, da, 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 and it's a bad thing. All of a sudden you have people passing bad judgment. They don't know you. They don't know what's happening with you. And so when, when you're on set, you're meeting all these people, some, you know, bigger actors or some actors don't want to deal with the uh, XYZ person or this person doing that, doing that. But, you know, the person that told you that is correct. You don't know who you're going to cross paths with. You have no clue. 
You have no clue. You, know, you may cross paths with someone that maybe in the next five years, all of a sudden, they're bringing you an opportunity. Right. Okay, and, and that happens in business and in life, you know, because you never know what's going to happen in the world. Um, now, Phil, you've done, uh, as, as we know, your resume is like vast, because you don't take a break. You're going on and on. You did all these things. I'm looking at your your, your resume right now. It's like, ooh, my head's gone. <laughs> you know, everything from Mission Impossible on down. Jamie Foxx show, Star Trek, so on and so forth, you know, but, but you, the person uh, behind the, this vast career, and a lot of people, and I, I wanted to say this too, a lot of people, people may not know, you do a lot of voice overs, yeah. and, 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 uh, and cartoons, and, and uh, animated features and stuff, and which, which I think is interesting, you know, because they may Probably, not know you. Know, it's a great little uh, side business, as I call it, um, and, and I kind of backed into it, you know, I think as an actor, you just, just uh, are available to all kinds of stimulus that's out there, theatrical stimulus and voiceover. Voiceover world is another is another outlet, mm -hmm. and um, especially animation, which I like particularly well, because you get a chance to dig dig deep and do some crazy stuff, and yeah. you're attached to a, a real a kind of a, like a play. You know, you're mm -hmm. doing a play, a vocal play. Not so much when you're doing commercials or, or you know spokesman stuff. Mm -hmm. That's that's different. That, I don't think that is nearly as, is as fun as fun as the animation. Right. And uh, I've been fortunate to do a lot of it, um, both both kind of kid stuff and mm -hmm. and more adult oriented, you know, superhero action adventure stuff. And uh, it's it's wonderful. I do a show right now called The Secret Saturday for okay. the Cartoon Network. Oh, really? That's so cool. It's the number one kid show on the Cartoon Network. And uh, it's a bit like Johnny Quest, like the old Johnny Quest show. Okay. Where you have this little kid or who's this very inquisitive young man and, and his, his parents who are scientists mm -hmm. who go around the world, you know, solving mysteries and uh, debunking myths or proving them and uh, a lot of action and a lot of, you know, run and jump and hitting and rolling and explosions and, you know, different creatures in it. And uh, it's getting to be quite popular. We did uh, our second season just finished uh, last season and Mattel just picked up the toy line and nice. it's kind of a fun industry to be in you know I'm a big comic book cartoon fanatic anyway I've got tens of thousands of comic books literally and uh, so it's a lot of fun to kind of go in that world and play one of those characters that I've loved since I was a kid so it's great See, who, who would know that the great Phil Morris has a whole gigantor comic book collection but you know it's, what? It's your references, right? Yeah. Your references make yeah. you interested. Of course, of course. But, you know, as I, as I said with the show, you know, a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, most times, that, you know, when the normal person, when they see Phil Morris, let's say, I'm just referring to you, they just see your work, the end result. They don't see the journey. They don't see how you got there. Nothing is easy. Nothing was handed to you on a silver platter, but you're human. And that, that's that's the thing that people forget. When they go and they, they, they bash people and they criticize and they do this, or, you know, they just see something on TV, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's a person, whatever, he's an actor, and he's like, oh, wow, but you're human. Right. And there's a human part to you, to every, to every uh, everyone in Hollywood, is even, whether, whether it be Michael J. White or whoever it may be, uh, there's a human element there that a lot of people forget, especially the media. They forget that. Yes, they do. You know, they, they well, you become a commodity at a certain level when you reach a certain amount of uh, exposure. As far as they're concerned, yep. you are a commodity. Right. And they, they treat you like that, which is unfair. Yeah, it, it is unfair. That's why I'm fortunate and, uh, and I'm appreciative of 
of me having the ability to do this show because it allows me to, to tell the stories the way they should be told because the way the way these stories should be told are by the guest, not by me. You know, I, I just go into it and we we have the conversation. We go through it like we're doing right now, and you tell your story, and you I mean you're connecting with the listeners, and they're getting to see who you are. And, and who that person is, is a great person, has a great respect for their industry, has a great respect for what they do, high integrity, and so on and so forth. Now, what, what a lot of people, and we talked about it, uh, we touched on it a little bit, what a lot of people may not know about you. They see you on Seinfeld and you're Jackie Child, you're doing that stuff. Uh, they see you on uh, on Smallville and you're saving Superman, like you know. <laughs> that, that, yeah, it's, it's funny because somebody somebody was telling me that I didn't even know that because I don't watch the show. But they said, yeah, Phil Morris, he, uh, he's on Smallville. He saved Superman. I said, okay, well that's a good thing. We don't want Superman yeah. to die now. <laughs> no, no, it's a pretty powerful spot to be in. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, because he needs you now, boy. <laughs> you know, but yeah, but you 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 you're doing all that stuff. But also, there's another side to you beyond Hollywood. So if we can shelf Hollywood. We're we're gonna get to your to your current uh, projects because I want to touch on that uh, for sure. You know, beyond uh, beyond the the one that you're doing with Michael J. White. Just talk about the other stuff you're doing. But you, you're also involved in martial arts. Um, yes. Okay. I've been involved in. Go ahead and finish, because I'll start to talk, man, and you won't get a word in it. No, that's okay, but that's what that's what it's about. It's about a give and take on the show that, you know, but you're, you're involved in martial arts. You have been for some time. Now, I, I like our listeners to know how you got involved with that. And then, you know, of course, we're going to we're going to we're going to back into uh, talking about uh, our 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 good friend, Alan Goldberg. But I want them to get an idea of where you uh, started. Well, um, as we mentioned, my father, Greg Morris, was in the show Mission Impossible in the, the early mid-60s to mid-70s, and uh, at that time, um, they wanted to bring many different uh, unique elements to the show. One of them was the hand-to-hand combat, but they didn't want to get involved in, like, you know, uh, John Wayne, Quiet Man, big roundhouse punch, bar brawls. They thought that the Mission Impossible team would be more sophisticated than that. So... Right around 65 or 4, 66, something like that, the martial arts kind of started to peek their head up in America um, through Ed Parker's karate tournament down in Long Beach, you know, um, some other uh, Green Berets had come back from the, the, the Orient at the time, from Asia, and brought, brought techniques and, mm-hmm. and various systems that we were just not familiar with. And uh, they wanted the Mission Impossible team to study mm-hmm. karate and jiu-jitsu and Aikido and Savats and all these exotic fighting styles and then bring it to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 66, I was seven. So when my father started to study with a man named Bruce Tegner, who was one of the first GIs to bring uh, the martial arts back from Okinawa, uh, at seven years old, I went along with him. And uh, I started to train in the children's class on Saturdays. And uh, we'd go once during the week at night and then once on Saturdays. And uh, that's how I was introduced to it all. And I was introduced, it was like a whole broad brush approach, you know, with karate and judo and jitsu and yawada or sabat, you know, you name it, I was exposed to it. And um, so I did that for a couple of years and, and then bounced out of that, you know, played football and blah, 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 moved around. And, and then I got real, real interested in it again um, because of the Bruce Lee craze and mm-hmm. um, really wanted to study with somebody good. And my father found a great Hapkido master named Bong Su Han. Who, uh, was the choreographer of the great Billy Jack movies with Tom Laughlin. And, and he is a great, uh, he, he was a great uh, martial artist. But a master, huh? 
passed yes. about three years ago or so. Yes, he was. He was. He was great. No doubt about it. True um, gentleman, one of the great gentlemen of the martial arts. So I went from Bruce Tegner, who was one of the first to bring the, the arts to, to the United States, to one of the leading exponents of Hapkido that will ever live, Bong Su Han. So my my influences were really solid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that I I got a chance to absorb them in the proper way. Even if I didn't stick with it, my entree to the arts and my my tutelage was were, were by some of the the most renowned um, specialists of their day of all time. So mm-hmm. I studied with with Master Han for like maybe three years and got my brown belt and then you know girls and fun and and stuff got in the way and I bounced out of that. Uh, but that stuck with me and I always loved Bruce Lee and I was always looking for a Wing Chun studio and. You know, life happens, got married, did this, did that. And I bounced into, I was driving down the street one day um, in 1987. I'll forget it. I'll never forget it. it was, there was a little rain in the air. I'm driving down Venice Boulevard, uh, going home, and I see to my right, Wing Chun Kung Fu. I went, what? <laughs> I almost crashed the car because I'd never seen a Wing Chun studio. I didn't even know what Wing Chun really looked like. I just knew it was the style that Bruce Lee had studied. And I had a book by Jim James Yim Lee, the green book. Um, called Wing Chun. Wing, the Wing Chun the techniques. Yeah, I yeah. saw the movements, I, but I had no idea what it looked. I'd never seen anybody do it. Right. So I drive into this parking lot and, and uh, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, close. I didn't care. I needed to know. Mm-hmm. It was burning with, with a desire. And this, this Asian cat comes down and he looks at me and I look at him and he opens the door. He says, can I help you? And I said, I really would love to study Wing Chun. He goes, okay. And he looks at me and he says, "You're you're like what six one?" I said, "Yes, sir." He says, "I'm I'm five foot five or whatever he is, and 110 pounds. How do you think I would stop you?" I mean, literally, this is the first interlude that I have with this gentleman. Right. And I say, being a smart guy, I say, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> and he says, literally, he says to me, "Well, I would shoot you, of course." <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts laughing. He just starts laughing. He goes, "That just." He goes, "I wouldn't shoot you." That's just to tell you that Wing Chun is about whatever it takes, right? Beyond technique. This gentleman was Sifu Grandmaster Hawkins Chung. I've been with him ever since. Uh-huh. Um, I have been with him since 1987, and I will be going to class tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> he is one of those. Um, force of nature individuals that I would walk to the ends of the earth to honor and to train with and uh, he's opened up a lot inside of me beyond the martial arts but that, so, that that's good because that that transcends with everything you're doing in life mm-hmm. you know because you you learn how to be humble you learn how to appreciate you know uh, things around you I mean it, when, when you when you're involved in martial arts it gives you a different like a third eye Okay, and 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 I, I'm glad that we we spoke about that because again, a lot of people don't know that you're heavily involved in martial arts. They don't know that. They don't right, know. You know what? It's, it's, my my life is so exposed on a certain level. I mm-hmm. mean, now I'm not saying I'm this big star, and every day I walk out the door, people are looking for my autograph. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you know I've done some work that people have recognized, and uh, it makes you a little bit more visible mm-hmm. than the normal guy. Right. Uh, with that having been said, my martial arts training is for me. Right. My work as an actor is for the public, for me, but it's for the public. Um, the end result, at the end of the day, I got to be seen doing what I do there, or right. else I'm not a very successful actor. Right. Uh, my 
my practice as a martial artist is strictly for myself. And uh, I've had very little desire to represent it on screen. Uh, I could go my whole career with, with the talent that I've got without throwing a punch or a kick and have a fine career. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to follow that. And I didn't need people to think that I learned how to, how to fight or I learned my art uh, on a movie set. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like like you have a lot of actors that do. They learn how to how to do uh, quote unquote movie fighting because that's what it right. is. And that's cool, man. I yeah. mean, I mean, it is. I mean, uh, something is better than nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something. Um, but but with you, you know, and you you said you do this for yourself, and of course, if you're involved heavily involved in martial arts, you do it for yourself, and 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 it gives you. I mean, you you're, you're able to escape everything in the world. When you walk in to train, yeah. Okay. And well, let me ask you this: since we're on the topic of martial arts, and then we're going to talk about uh, our buddy uh, Alan Goldberg, Sifu Alan Goldberg, Master Alan Goldberg. Actually, uh, actually, he, he's he's bouncing up, so he's like grandmaster. He, he's 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 like a he's a man without a doubt. He's the most humble guys that I know, and I told you about that earlier. Uh, but you, you look at mixed martial arts. All right, and you see everything that's going on now. How that's the latest craze. Now, do you think that you know that is? Do you think that the path that that's going, that it's overshadowing martial arts itself? Uh, I don't think it'll. I don't think it truly it will ever overshadow traditional martial arts. Uh, you know, I think I think that mixed martial arts is a, is a great offshoot and outgrowth of traditional martial arts. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a hybrid, you know. And with hybrid, there's very little purity. Mm-hmm. And with that, you lack certain underpinnings that I like about traditional martial arts. Right. Um, first of all, not everybody can do mixed martial arts. It's not. And mixed martial arts, if you're going to do mixed martial arts, um, you, ha- you have to be kind of a young person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. has a great deal of athleticism. And, uh, and, and, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think it'll overtake um, traditional martial arts because... Not everybody can can get behind it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things. I think it was also uh, developed for a more entertainment mm-hmm. aspect of of fighting. You know, there are no referees, there is no ring, there is no mat in the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There is no you go to a bar. There's no dude that's gonna say, "Let's get it on." Right. You can pick up a bottle and try to hit you in your head. Right. So there's a whole different philosophy and mentality to mixed martial arts that I don't ever think will um, eclipse traditional system and and I think there's room for it all you know I don't I have a lot of friends who are involved in the the pride fighting K1 UFC stuff and I love them all and I think they're all bad dudes and 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 do that right uh it's a different it's just a different way to train it's a different way of approaching it I think as long as we have that that mindset then we'll be cool right. I think it's when we start to judge it and and say you know those guys aren't a part of the martial arts world they are definitely yeah. Or that that is just the way it's going to go because it's it's not. It is one way, mm-hmm. but it's not the whole bottle wax thing. The one downside I do see with it, unfortunately, and I don't know how you you rein this in, is the mentality that's generated. You know, there's a certain amount of violent intent uh, with mixed martial arts training that um, if you're not a smart uh, student. Mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not a, a savvy practitioner, can get out of hand. Yeah. Can get out of hand. Well, and, you, I, and I don't like to see young kids 
um, being given that mentality too soon before they can discern um, the respect and the discipline and the self-control that the more traditional systems have to offer. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, who said this? And I, and I forget. And I, I forget. Maybe it was from a movie or something. Uh, or maybe it was a Karate Kid. I don't know. But you know, it's like you learn how to fight, so you know how to fight, so you can avoid fighting. Okay, because I mean, you, you if you know how to fight, you know how to defend yourself. So you know what what you're capable of. You know what damage you can do. So if you know this, then you know how to control yourself because that's the big thing. Because with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah Spider-Man. You got that in, uh, you know, I guess Smallville all this up. But yeah, but it's true. But it's yes. it's so true when you have all this this. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you're a martial arts, you can kill somebody literally, mm-hmm. if yeah. need be. So you have to find that control so that you're not doing that stuff. All right, you but, know. It, interesting because I've been training for so long um, that I train now just to see the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I want to protect myself? Yeah. Do I want to protect my family when we go out something happens? Of course. It's a given. But, but, but after so long, you know, as Bruce Lee would say, a punch is just a punch and a kick is just a kick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a part of this that shows me the truth of life that I can't get, Lou, by a conversation. We right. have a point of view, I have a point of view, we talk about it, and then there's something maybe discovered. Who knows? I mean, right. we, have a, we have ego. Mm-hmm. When we train martial arts, and I go to class, and I'm in the truth, and somebody punches at me or kicks me, and I pass their hand or their foot, that, that is training that I can, it's incontrovertible. We don't have to speak about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say, oh, I got you, you didn't get me. No, you didn't get me, and I passed your hand or foot. I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. If I'm not in the truth, I get hit. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's that real. That's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. And that helps me superimpose that on problems in life that aren't so clear, mm-hmm. you know, on, on situations that don't have that incontrovertibility, you know, that are more open to interpretation. As I train these martial arts, as I train this concrete system over and over and over, hundreds of thousands of times of reps of this and that, uh, I am getting closer to an incontrovertible truth. Right. I, I then try and live that life in the world of of concepts and egos and mm-hmm. you know opinion and mm-hmm. all that. And um, and I think when we use the martial arts that way, it it you know it takes a village, right? Yeah. So it it helps strengthen our village. Yeah, and I I understand what you're saying, and I'm glad that you're saying this so our listeners hear this, because you know a lot of times people. They, they, they'll go and, and they'll get so emotional about a situation and they'll let their emotions just kind of, I don't know, just, just flow too far. And when you lose control, you lose control. And when you're training in martial arts, you, again, you, you, you find that truth. Okay, and when, when when it happens, it's done. It's like you get into a car accident. How many times people get into a car accident? You get into a car accident, it happened. You see what happened? No one got hurt? Okay, some people get crazy. Somebody you know, passes somebody on the road. You have road rage. People don't have control, yeah. and and that's a bad thing in the society, you know. Yeah. But again, if you're not trained to control yourself, then that's what we're going. That's what you're going to have, you know. Again, I'm guilty to a certain extent with getting upset when I'm driving, but I catch myself and I say, you know what? Big deal. I'm going to be a minute later. Big deal. Right. But that's Big, the training, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I mean, my goodness, we, we all are, we're, none of us are perfect, uh, you know, as far as I've checked out lately. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's all a work in progress. And if you get upset about a certain thing, then 
you just go oh, take that note in you know be aware don't be so egotistical that it ain't you it's never you it's always them you know what I mean yeah no and uh, then you'll learn the lesson and then next time hopefully you'll be less anxious or less fearful or less whatever you know what I mean yeah that, that causes us to lose that control or, or uh, get outside of ourselves you, know? you see it you see it with Serena Williams in the US Open yeah did you see that on TV that yeah and, and I, I felt you know it was weird because I saw it and I saw her reaction, and I felt bad for her because I don't yep. think she meant to do it, but she lost control for that moment. That's the thing. It's like you you ask this of yourself. You know, she's at the U.S. Open. There's 17,000, 20,000 people in that stadium. All eyes are fixed on her. She's one of two African-American women in the field. The mm-hmm. other one is her sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of focus. There's a lot of heat. Yep. And, and they're athletes at the top of their game. They're mm-hmm. like, racehorses ready to go out of the starting gates and one thing boop, sparks them and ah that's what you're going to get yeah you know? and that's not good i mean you want to talk about a uh, moronic move look at kanye west what he did recently no, no, i don't even know what that's about i mean that might have been induced by something other than a highly pitched athlete if you know what i'm saying yeah i know but it's uh, yeah, i just wanted to throw it in because i thought it was ridiculous <laughs> that's that's a whole different kettle of fish you know i'm talking about in that moment where yeah. your emotions are high how do you keep that elevator down that's yeah, you're controlling that emotion before you lose it, and if you you can do that, you know what? You can you can avoid massive arguments. You can avoid fighting with people. You can avoid so many things, even in, in, at your workplace. For those that are just you can, work- you can avoid infirmity. You can avoid, yeah. I think you can avoid you know cancers and and ulcers and yeah. all, I mean it's just man, how you living? Yeah. How you living? That's and so for me, Lou, the bottom line is. The martial arts for me create a way for me to train my life so that it's all manageable. I'm in a crazy business. Yeah, but I, you know, need, I need things around me to keep me tethered, mm-hmm. to help me answer the questions that are very difficult to answer any other way. And I don't want drugs, and I don't want alcohol, and I don't want women. I got a great woman. Yeah. I want I want the truth, and uh, that will literally set me free. Um, but that's what they say: the truth will set you free. And yeah, you know, but when you, you you're done with your day and everything, you go home. Anyone, you're done with your day. You go home, and no one's there but you. So if you if you don't have truth within yourself, it's a less, I mean it's a little difficult to to have that in the real world. So yeah, I mean you're 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 at a good place or in a good place in, in your life within you. Yeah, that is good. You know, beyond beyond your wife and everything else and all the great people around you, if you're good within yourself, then that'll kind of trickle over to the people around you. And and then the cycle begins, and as you said, with the village and everything else, you know, then hopefully it spreads, and then people have a pay it forward uh, type of mentality, and they 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 go in our appreciation for what they have in life, and go and try to do better, but also uh, hopefully they'll help the the person next to them to to achieve that as well. But you know, and keep everything in control. But you know, when when you're in martial arts, yeah, you know, like a uh, you know Master Alan Goldberg. He uh, is a Wing Chun master. He is one of the he is one of the um, I guess the most highly sought after Wing Chun masters in the country, and he has the he, he produces the biggest martial arts event in the world. Period. The end happens every January. We all go. Um, but he when he teaches and he has he's been teaching for like over 35 years or something. Uh, he believes in tradition. And there's a reason for it because he believes in building that solid foundation. Because even when you're building a house, if you have that solid foundation, 
You can build anything on top of it, but if you have that solid foundation, you're strong. Yes, sir. Okay, yes, sir. And, and that's what all begins with the foundation. Um, now let, let's talk about the uh, the action martial arts uh, event in January. Um, you, you go every year, a lot of great people. Well, why don't you tell us from your your point of view about it? Because I talk about it, you know, maybe too much. But well, I, I'll talk about it too much for you because I'm I'm definitely yeah. I look at myself as a representative of Sifu Allen Goldberg. <laughs> you know there you go. <laughs> he is he is my brother. We are brothers. There's no doubt about it. And. Uh, I got to, you know, here's a fun, I mean, I got a funny story just about everything, but yeah. um, I was training with a gentleman named Matthew Klein. Mm -hmm. Matthew Klein is one of Sifu Goldberg's leading students, has been for years. Um, I, I was at my agency at the time that day. This is years ago. And uh, I made this cat, nice cat, in the, in the lobby. I went to go see my agent. This cat's in there I'm looking for an agent. I'm like, hey, what's your name? Matthew, great. Nice to meet you, Phil. Great. Nice to meet you. And I, I leave him. I swear, Lou, this is what happened. So I go to class that night. Mm -hmm. That night, I'd never seen this guy before ever in my life. Go to class that night. The dude is at my class. I'm like, what? So <laughs> he's I'm stalking like, you. <laughs> you Wing Chun dude? He's like, yeah, yeah, you're Wing Chun. I said, yeah. He's, I said, who's your teacher? Alan Goldberg in New York. Boom, boom. And he's, he's looking around, and you know, he has some comments about the class and stuff. And so I start working with him in the foyer. Okay. <laughs> Out in the hallway. All right. And he's like, wow, this is great, man. You want to train? I'm like, yeah, let's train. Exchange numbers. We start training and just go to war. I mean, you know, like great training partners are hard to find. Sure. Not without a doubt. Because there's a level of intensity that you want to get to because you got to, you have to, if you really are looking for the level of excellence mm -hmm. that is required, you have to go, you have to break through the wall of, of, um, of comfort mm -hmm. is what I call it. And you have to find people who are better than you, who are, you know, who are different than you are, who pull different things out of you. That was Matthew with me, and I was that for him. Right. So we're going to war, man, like two, three times a week and class. And he's he's calling Sifu Goldberg to get freaking tips on how to take me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> he's like, Sifu Goldberg, I got this guy here. He's tall, he's athletic, he's fast. I mean, you know, what do I do? I don't like and he's giving him tips. Sifu Goldberg's giving him tips. He's never met me. <laughs> On how to get me. So he, yeah, Matthew would come with some different flavors, some different spice the next time we'd work out, and then I'd have to handle it and deal with it. And of course, I'm training all the time, so I'm coming up with different stuff, and he's calling Goldberg and saying, I can't, man. He just keeps getting me. So one day, I come home, I get this call, mm -hmm. and I hear this on the phone. I say, hello. He says, hello. And I say, uh, yeah, hello. It was this Phil Morris. And I say, yes, yes, it is. Uh, who's calling <laughs> This is Sifu Allen Goldberg. <laughs> it was awesome. He goes, I hear you, I hear you kicking, you're kicking my students' butt. <laughs> I don't really think so, Sifu. He's very, very good, and we have a great time. I love the guy. And yeah. He goes, well, I've heard a lot about you, and uh, I would love to invite you to my event out here. It was the first event. Um, in it was ten, ten, was ten years ago in uh, January. Ten years ago, January. I'd love to go. Yeah. I went. Um, and I've been going, I think I've missed one year in 10 years, I've missed one. Yep. And uh, went out there, had a wonderful time, fellowship with everybody. Felt the love and the vibe of, of you know, 2,000 of the greatest martial artists you'll ever see anywhere. Yep. Um, it is a reverential, it's almost like a pilgrimage now. Yeah. Um, and Alan Goldberg and his partners at the time, I don't know how many are still around. He's pretty much 
a one-man gang these days. Yeah, he he's like a, a, a man on a mission. I got to say, and, awesome. and I know he's going to hear this, but I want our listeners to hear this too, just to interrupt you for a second, that he is probably one of the hardest-working uh, people that I know, because tirelessly, he's, he's hustling and doing this. That's why I have a lot of respect for him. That's why he is my good friend. And and that's why you know uh, you know for him I'll go to the ends of the earth uh, for anything that I can do to help him to make things happen. But uh, but I'll let you continue. Which I just want to throw that in there. But I'll let you continue with what you were saying. Well, you know, I mean, I went and you know, well, the first year I went, uh, I second your thoughts. By the way, Alan Goldberg is I mean, he's tenacious. Tenacious is the word for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went the first year. You know, everybody was surprised. Oh, Phil Morris and whatever I was doing at the time. And, Seinfeld and uh, stuff like that, and, and uh, you know, great, man, come back next year, yeah, I'll be back, and I don't think they really believed that I was, A, number one, a martial artist, because I don't do any, I mean, the first year I went there, I did, I practiced with Sifu's guys in my hotel room, you know, we'd thrown each other all around the room, uh, one of the guys broke his ankle, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy, <laughs> so they realized that I was a true martial artist, but they just didn't know if I was for real with them, right. the next year I came back, I brought my Sifu with me, nice, I brought Sifu Hawkins Chung in. I flew him in. I put him up. I got the limo. I drove. We drove in the limo from Philly to Atlantic City. You know, I was with him. He knew everybody there, of course. Um, and they were like, wow, not only did the dude come back, he brought his teacher. Nice. <laughs> and his like... teachers, he was inside Kung Fu Man of the Year in 2001. So, right. um, you know, I mean, I, I, I definitely wanted to be a part of this thing. I wanted them to take me seriously because, as we've talked about already, a lot of my ilk um, are, are wannabes, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the way it is. Yeah. And, uh, and I am not, you know, I'm, I'm bona fide, you know, rank and file card carrying. And, uh, I go every year, I exchange techniques with anybody I can. I, I, I sit in on as many demos as I can. I, I hang out with, with some of the greatest technicians of any system that you can name. It is amazing for a real martial artist. So, sure. um, I'm honored to go every year. Uh, it's great. And the thing is, for for those that aren't too familiar with it, they should be because this this January marks the tenth anniversary. It's it's a banner. It's going to be a banner event uh, with 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 the the lineup. I mean, I mean, he he tells me about it all the time, and it just keeps growing and growing. Because uh, Jeff Speakman is going to be there. Um, and even on this show, we have Ed Parker Jr. coming on the show. Uh, we kind of missed each other uh, last time, but he's going to be on, on UCW Radio, I think, next week. You know, his father, as everyone knows, is Ed Parker and uh, the, um, the father of American Kempo. Um, but in, uh, he may be going in January as well. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's a star-studded event always. Whoever, yeah. whoever does show up eclipses who doesn't show up. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it. No, no, no doubt about it. You know, and you know, again, you know, he puts his heart, soul into it, and uh, you know, and, and, and martial arts. He, he, he has the ability because you see all these events. You know, I don't go to them. That's the only event that I go to as far as martial arts is concerned. You know, if it's a tournament or something, I may go. But as far as a gala event like that, that's the only one that I go to. It's, it's a, you, you're a smart man. You pick the cream of the crop. Oh, and, yeah. uh, uh, like you say, your listeners should, if they're not knowing, you should know. And, yeah. and be aware that in your area, if you are from that area, there is an event happening uh, of, of, of unbelievable proportions that you, know, you should try to take advantage of. Go to see one of the, the, the expo days if you can't go to the event itself. 
fail to find something that you will be interested in. They have products and accessories and books and magazines and mm-hmm. videos and DVDs and weapons and it's it's really unbelievable. I love it every year. I can't wait to go every year. Every year gets better and better and and it, it just yeah, I mean, when I see his face, when he's there with his tuxedo, when Alan's there, and then all of a sudden he's just serious, and he's just... And, and you know the thing is, some people in that position, and this is, and I told you, we were talking about this earlier before we, we did the show today, um, that he is one of the most humble people that I know, because he doesn't... He just works, and he, he gets done what he needs to get done. And he was on the cover of the New York Post uh, just a few weeks ago. Wow. And still, he... He's like, okay, well, it's whatever. I'm just working for for the event, and this is what I'm doing for the martial arts community. And he he's there even at his event where he could be he could be uh, a not so humble guy at that moment, but still, 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 still. And, and I tell him, you know, and I give him a hug for this. Still, he sits there and he says, you know something? And he tells me this all the time that his his what he tells people at the event that he's the most important person there because he's there to serve them right. and you right. I mean come on you know but anyone that that that's listening to this go to the event it's in Atlantic City at the Tropicana uh, I think it's January 8th and 9th uh, it's an awesome awesome event you'll I mean especially this time around the 10th anniversary you, yeah. you will not be able to repeat this because they can go they can meet you Phil yeah. when, when you're around they'll uh, Chuck Zito Don the Dragon Wilson Cynthia Rothrock uh, the list goes on and on I said Jeff Speakman's going to be there and I know there are going to be some mixed martial arts guys there and there may be a couple of pro wrestlers there I don't know what he has yeah. up his sleeve things are happening he's getting jiggy he's got very big sleeves so yeah, yeah, he a lot does. of stuff coming at him <laughs> he, he, and uh, he's quick too forget I <laughs> no no he's, he's blisteringly fast and you know, one thing, I mean, we'll get off the uh, the Alan Goldberg uh, uh, <laughs> celebrity train, but yeah. um, his, you know, if a, if a teacher is measured or a man mm-hmm. is measured by those around you, his students are are numerous, and they always exist, and they're mm-hmm. always there, and they're yep. always um, helpful and supportive, and if you need something, they're there for you, and yep. it's a tribute to who he is, you know, all the people that helped him put this on. Uh, beyond him, do so out of their great love and affection and respect for him. No, and uh, no doubt. that's how I'm involved. You know, that's yeah. why I keep coming every year. My respect and honor and love for Alan Goldberg and what he has wrought on our community, and uh, it is a beautiful thing. So, mm-hmm. again, I'm honored to be his friend. I'm honored to be a part of the event every year. I I shake hands as many hands and and take pictures and kiss babies and do whatever <laughs> is is appropriate. You know, it's a good thing, man. Yeah. I, I love it. No doubt, no doubt. Now, uh, let me just say, that's January 8th and 9th in Atlantic City, 2010. It's going to be an awesome event. Now we need to shift to what you have going on nowadays, Phil, so you can uh, talk about your, your new projects. I know you said you're doing, you're working on a webisode. Uh, you have the movie coming out October 16th, so just, uh, yeah, just go into it and just talk about what you need to talk about. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's, more of, of, of more, as I like to put it. <laughs> more of more of Phil Morris. <laughs> more of more. Um, Black Dynamite is going to be incredible. I mean, I think it is timely right now. Mm-hmm. It is a throwback to the black exploitation 70s pictures. It is a full-blown comedy uh, with all the bells and whistles of, the, of that time and that mm-hmm. era. You know, uh, Michael Jai White plays a composite character built of Fred Williamson, Jim Brown, and Jim Kelly known as Black Dynamite in the neighborhood. 
So, so is, it, is this like a Kentucky Fried movie-ish type of thing? Or? No, 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 no. Look at it as though it's a movie that was done in the 70s mm-hmm. that they just recently found. Okay. So right. it looks just like all of that, you know, but it, but it's, but it's, a, but it's a obviously contemporarily made. But uh, uh, it looks just like one of those throwback pictures. I'm gonna get you. Not I'm gonna get you something, but, but three the hard way or hot potato or yeah, they, you know um, Black Caesar or any of those yeah. movies that were out at that time with all of the send ups and honorariums and mm-hmm. homages to that era. Tommy Davidson plays a pimp in it named Cream Corn. I play a character named Zahid. That Tommy Davidson's in it? That's going to be hilarious. Oh hilarious. <laughs> Cedric Yarborough from Reno 911. Nice. Dolly Richardson Whitfield is the, the lady lead. Kim Whitfield is, uh, Kim Whitley is, is one of the characters. I mean, just a funny, funny So you have a, like a Foxy Brown type of character in there. Totally. I mean, yeah, like cool. a real hot looking Angela Davis. Okay, cool. Um, cool. <laughs> very much the, like Black Pantherette. That's but nice. um, all of that stuff is in it. It's going to be really, really funny. It comes out October 16th. So is that going to be yeah, on, on national uh, theaters or wide release, big nice, screen, Sony sweet. Pictures? Sweet. It's, it's going to bring the heat. Trust me. Cool, cool. Right. Man. So that's a lot of fun. I just uh, finished a, a series presentation. We'll see if it gets picked up. I think it will. Called Love That Girl okay. with uh, Tatiana Ali as the lead as the girl in Love That Girl. Tatiana was the younger daughter in The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, okay, all right. That's the young actress from that. The show's created by uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, of Martin Lawrence fame. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. A guy named Bentley Kyle Evans, who created The Martin Show okay. for Martin Lawrence, and uh, a gentleman by um, by the name of Jeff Franklin, who did Full House and mm-hmm. um, was in Buddies, Laverne and Shirley, a bunch of shows like that. Oh, so you, and, you, you, um, you got some... some people that have done things, you know, some, I mean, some powerhouses in there. I, I oh, mean, they're, it's great. Yeah. It's great. And it's, you know, it's, it's a real traditional four camera, you know, sitcom. Uh, I played her dad and, and uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. A really funny, funny cast and, you know, traditional values and stuff. Uh, I, I kind of dig it. So I'm yeah. sure that'll get picked up. Um, so look for that. That's on the, already on the internet, um, getting a lot of hits. And then I'm, I'm creating a web series called Emissary. Okay. Which, uh, which I started last year, and we're just starting to put it together. It starts shooting in March mm-hmm. um, with me as the lead, and as it gets closer, then I'll bust out what it's about. Um, working with a wonderful writer named Paul Jenkins on it. Okay. And uh, it's going to be a real. It's going to be the first time for me to reveal my martial arts on screen in the way that I want to see it. Right. Uh, in the way that I like martial arts on screen. And uh, it's a very much an Indiana Jones meets uh, the Born Identity. Oh, that's pretty cool project. Yeah, very, very, uh, very high level stuff. So I'm very, very excited about that. That's actually uh, the computer's on right now. I'm writing that now. And um, and I just finished a movie called uh, Brand Dead, uh, which is a Kentucky Fried movie kind of film. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Okay. See, so you were right, man. You yeah, were the I, right I, I was. I, I was a little bit. I was like the guy that, that gave the uh, that gave the uh, the punchline to the wrong joke. But yeah, no, but it was good because you led right into this movie, Brand Dead, which is uh, another really low budget film, and we just finished it, so I don't know quite when it's going to be out, but it's going to be hilarious. I've done some of these things, Lou, that have been real low budget, under mm-hmm. the wire, and every single one of them has blown up, like Black Dynamite. Being, being the first of the, the, the few of them that has blown up. You, you, you know uh, why? You know why that's happening? 
And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because you have a bunch of great people involved in a, in a, in a great project. They all, they all believe in they, they believe in it. It's not about, well, you're going to give me $2 million for this and this. And you guys are doing this for, for, I mean, for SAG minimum because you have to because you're, you're, right. because you, I mean, you're required to. But you're doing it for like nothing. For love. For, and the love yeah. is, is the most, you know, that's the thing that, that converts the most to success as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hear about these big budget pictures and, and how they go nowhere, you know, uh, because there's no heart. There's no heartbeat. It is. And, and these smaller films, uh, you know, Little Miss Sunshine, things like that, that have such a great big heart mm-hmm. that you can't deny them. And I think I've been a, a part of a few projects like that lately. You know, you know what happens, and I think that the big studios, they missed the point. They they do miss the point, and they forget. And even uh, and I can I can I can kind of like re, uh, equate this or relate this to things that are going on in this country, that you know they forget what it is to build something, to to to, to, to have a production, with, with as you said with heart and with thought and and with uh, I mean putting your soul into it. That's, that's, that's like a, like a General Motors that's, that's flipping all over the place and went bankrupt the whole nine yards. They lost something in translation. I had Alfred Demore. He, um, he's the, uh, founder of Demore Motors. You know, the guy's building a two million dollar car. He's been involved. He came from nothing. From, uh, Rochester. He was a poor kid. He built a multi-gazillion dollar empire. You know, the guy hangs and bangs with every celebrity on the planet, but he's still a real guy, just like me and you. You know, but he knows well, you got to put your heart into something if it's going to be worth anything, whether it be acting, a movie, whatever it is. And I think that there's something lost in translation. You're absolutely right, man. And, and uh, ultimately, it comes down to that integrity thing we started talking about, yeah. right? Yep. It yep. doesn't matter how much money you have. If the integrity isn't behind it, the money's not going to put it there. And, and that then that does happen. And that's why, you know, the projects that you're working on, you know, um, they they are going to shine because if you're attaching yourself, you a person of high integrity, you're attaching yourself to a project that you believe in, and the people involved are also of high integrity, and the project is decent. How can you lose? Right. You you can't. You can't. But that's my opinion. But well, I. At the end of the day, you do the best you can, and then you can walk away clean. Right. Yeah. You know, but how, I mean, what uh, what was that movie uh, when they did that movie, The Notebook? Mm. Okay, they did it. No one knew about it. No one knew. I mean, even look, it's a Wonderful Life. A better example. They did that movie. You know, they did that movie. It was like lost. In, it was nobody cared about it. Then all of a sudden, it becomes an American classic. Why? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, somebody woke up. You know, but at least now you have, uh, you know, people out there that are looking for those, those diamonds in the rough, those gems that are just, just there. And, uh, the projects that you're working on, I, I, I hope that they are those gems that they do snag up. And it seems that they, they, that's what's happening with you. And, and God bless you for that because you deserve it. No doubt about Thank it. You. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate, uh, you know, being on the show. And I hope UCW does great things and, and reaches a lot of people that need to hear. Some of the things that aren't out in the other media outlets, and uh, I just appreciate the time. No, I, Phil, I appreciate your time. I know, again, you took out uh, time from your your busy schedule, especially your writing, uh, the web series and everything, and I know that uh, you know it took us a little time uh, to, to get to this point, but I'm glad we did it. I think our listeners got a lot of insight to your life. Uh, just my, my personal opinion or my personal uh, view of you, 
is that yes, you are a man of high integrity. I and I'm telling I say this from the heart, I am honored, truly honored to have you or have had you on the show because that just uh, I'm 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 proud to be able to to provide the platform that you can tell your story. Okay? And which is an amazing one. And it's not one about patting yourself on the back because you did not do that this whole show. That's not what it's about. It's about showing you the real person, the, the human factor, the human element here. Okay, and I hope that a lot of people did learn something that you, no matter what, I don't care where you come from, how much money you got in the bank, you have to work hard for what you got. Okay, and if they learned anything today, they learned that from you. And I, and I do thank you for that. Now, I know you have to go work on your web series, so I don't want to keep you any longer, but I wanted to thank you again. And if, if, if it's okay with you, as your other, um, projects are, are coming down the line, I like to have you back on the show. And before I see you in January, but I'd like to have you back on the show as your projects are developing. Well, that would be great. I'd, I'd love to, uh, let you know how they're moving along and, and, uh, get support because, you know, we all need support out here and, and, uh, if there's anything else I can help you guys with, just don't hesitate to call, man. I'd love the conversation, and we'll continue it on. Excellent. Phil, thank you so much. You have yourself a good night. Take care, Luke. Bye. What is your major malfunction? All that will be written. All that will be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.